right, guys, we are back with the 443 podcast. Uh, Reese, it's great to see you, man. I just saw you like on Thursday, but we hit a kind of a milestone on Thursday we didn't bring up. We had our 10th episode. Um, we've hit the Big Ten, and now this is 11. But I think we're going to count this as the 10th one because our ninth one of our episodes is that special we did where we weren't together and we kind of just uh, talked about the uh, amazing Chelsea game <laughs> for Spurs. I think if you look at uh, how many podcasts across the span of all the platforms, not many of them make a past 10 episodes. So uh, very special. 11 episodes if you want to count the special. Yeah. but 11 with an asterisk, we'll call it yeah. that. we got 10 Premier League episodes certified. Right. Matt, we only got one place to start. I was, was going to ask you. You're going to torture me. <laughs> so before, guys, real quick, disclaimer, Aston Villa defeating Arsenal 1-0 at uh, the Villa Park. Now, I want to screw the game. Screw all the the, the, the the antics. that We'll get into that in a moment. Matt, I want to start. Was the Kai Havertz penalty, should it have stood, or was it a valid, uh, or not penalty, sorry. The, the goal. The goal. Was it a valid goal? No, should it, it wasn't stood? a valid goal. The rules are, I looked them up, if it touches a hand you know, in that close proximity to the goalkeeper, it's disallowed, even if it's not intentional, which it wasn't intentional, but the rules are, from what I could see, were pretty clear on it. I would have loved it if it stood, but... If they, the way I saw the rule, it looked to me like it was just done. Next question: uh, What about the Jesus where he was in the box, leg is up, gets kind of kicked under? Disclaimer: Because I was watching the Palace uh, Liverpool game, and Palace were given a penalty uh, because of that same sort of kick. I thought it was a penalty. But again, uh, Matt, as you know my well, points, I don't know what keeping is subjective, and it's an art form that we don't understand the rules or anything that goes along with it. And, and Matt, uh, as you may know, I don't know the rules of the penalties anymore because of, of the VAR controversy, but you think that was a penalty for sure? The Jesus one? I yeah. thought it was. I got you. Um, I think it should have ended 1-1. Um, just to get into the tactics of the game, oh, yeah. it literally, to me, like Arsenal had 1.72 uh, XG to 0.63 from uh, Villa. Villa got did a good job to score their goal, and then they just shut up shop five minutes later. And it was just Arsenal wave after wave of attack. And then a couple of the, like, what was it, like the 60th minute? Yeah. Um, Raya had to do two really good saves. And then it went right back to the other end. Um, I, they were playing Mourinho ball, ball. They got their goal and they parked the bus. And I think, uh, you know, the XG will tell you that it looks like Arsenal deserved a win or a draw. But if you watch the game, you know, we can pretty much tell that it was just honestly another good evening of, of a performance. Yeah, he knew his game plan coming in. The Night in. King got the Lord of Cannons. <laughs> He, he knew the Duke of the Armory, I like that better. A totally different play style that they did uh, than what they did midweek against mm-hmm. Manchester City. I think because they were a little bit more uh, worried about your guys' attack than they were about City's uh, yeah. in yeah. midweek. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll start with my boy, the Swiss Army Knife, Johnny McGinn, uh, to kick us off with that first goal. Ten minutes in, uh, I thought Yuri Tielemans was... It was actually at seven, but it was in the first ten minutes. Sorry, I yeah, got gotcha. gotcha. Yuri Tielemans, I thought, was outstanding the whole game until he was subbed off. But in particular, he was key to that buildup with the through ball that played uh, Leon Bailey to then play that cross. Uh, and then just a quick-fire turnaround shot goes right up or 90. I mean, I, I you can't blame Raya for that. I thought that was just a great shot. No, I'm glad you talked me down on that when we were texting during the game. I'm just getting kind of down on this Raya <laughs> experiment. Um, Raya experiment because it seems like the rumors are that um, Ramsdale is going away. Okay. That's what every the, the, the buzz in Arsenal land is. And so 
Raya's our goalkeeper now. And that's just where we're going to be with it. Yeah. Now, uh, sort of uh, covering the rest of the first half, uh, I'd, I'd say as the half went on, you guys started to settle into the game, uh, started to create chances. Uh, the king himself, King Kai Havertz, I thought had another great 90 minutes. He did. Uh, if, if, if it was up to me, I think he deserved a goal. I don't know how, but he had two opportunities that he played final through balls for that should have been converted. Uh, Odegaard had a couple of missed chances as well. But what were your thoughts um, with the performance overall in the second half from Arsenal as to why you guys just couldn't get that final third ball or just be clinical in the final third as a whole? Like you spoke about last week against the man with Edson Mill versus Man City, they have two very good central defenders. Mm-hmm. And their central defenders performed above their level in the, again in this game um, to try to keep us out. And ultimately, I think there were five big chances, not counting the one that was disallowed by VAR. And all of them are just coin flips. Yeah. It was 50-50, and we just got the bum. Five times in a row, we hit heads instead of tails, if we called it tails. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just kind of a cruddy way to end the Saturday fixtures, considering some pretty interesting stuff happened earlier on that we'll get to. I know you're a happy man, on at least on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday in particular. Uh and I thought what uh, you guys did do well was your transition play. Uh, I thought you guys had great transition with the swapping between Jesus and Havertz, where Havertz would sort of drop into the striker role. Jesus would drop back when you guys were in possession. And then when you guys were counterattacking, Havertz would be the one in the midfield and Jesus would be that final third ball. Uh, I thought that's what you guys uh, in particular did really well with. And that's what I wanted to see with Havertz. I knew he would eventually get it. He just had to get comfortable in knowing yeah. what the men around him could do. And I'm glad for the last couple of... Um, weeks he's been able to pull that off because I don't like this narrative that's developed in Arsenal and that we don't like Chelsea players. I mean, Havertz has been a cap for Germany like ever since I could remember, even yep. before he went to Chelsea and almost, you know, and that's not a team that's easy to get into. Mm-hmm. There's only 20 something places, and Germany has so many phenomenal players. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're finally getting a good, great version of Kai because I knew it was there. I know he's not a crap. Was he your man of the match of the game as well? For our team, yes. And who do you think the man of the match for uh, Villa was? If you had to choose. No, if I had to choose. Because McGinn was good, but I think it would have to be Tielemans. Yeah, I think in the second half, McGinn was... Bailey kept... When he was on the Arsenal's half, he was a problem, Yeah. to quote other people. But I think Tielemans was the conductor that allowed everything... When they were good, allowed it to happen. Yeah. And I think when uh, Tielemans came off, I think that's when Emery kind of accepted, all right, this is, we are officially yeah, closed. Yeah, it's 1-1, one, one, park the bus, close the gates. Because I, I was watching, my, funny enough, my Arsenal friend was over yesterday and we were watching the game. Did he have his hands too? Yeah, he, he was pretty <laughs> depressed. Now, uh, I counted uh, the, the back line for Villa to see how parking the bus they were. I was like, one, two. And I, I was seven at one point. Right? Seven or six. Yeah, yeah I think it I It wasn't full parking the bus. They were ready to go back, but... Um, Declan Rice kept doing that thing where he runs at full speed and swoops in and starts playing with him to try and get the ball back. Yeah. For me, my, my man of the match uh, for the full 90 minutes was Emmy Martinez. Uh, mm. I think he had another great performance. I can never say he's man of the match. Yeah. Uh, so. I got to. I got to. Okay. This isn't stoppage time, but I'll ask a yeah, question. Hit me now, man. Because I got some stoppage time for you. We cool. might end up taking the whole time. Cool. So David Raya, Aaron Ramsdale, Emmy Martinez, who you was a previous Arsenal player. Looking back. 
do you think selling him was still the right move? Because he's not really, he's not to the level, I'd say, of Ryo with the ball at his feet, but he can still distribute the ball pretty well. So, <laughs> I think selling him was the right move because Villa was willing to pay the amount of money they paid yeah. for him. If it had been sold for anything less than 20, I would have kept him. But when they came in for like 22 million pounds, yeah. You can't say no to that because he's an academy player. You yeah. get all right, all that off your financial fair play to get ready for buying the bigger players that they were going to go after. I completely agree. Uh, I just think it's funny. I mean, this guy, ever since leaving Arsenal, has won the Yashin Award. Shut up about it. <laughs> he's won the Yashin Award, and he has managed to now uh, turn into one of the best goalkeepers in football. So, uh, in my opinion, he was the man of match, man of the match for. And Villa. he's immortalized too <laughs> by putting the trophy that's a giant hand oh, over a part of his neck. Academy in a country where I don't think that's very well liked. If that wasn't the World Cup, I don't know if we see Emmy Martinez ever again. <laughs> I mean, if all the cameras weren't on, I mean, I just like, <laughs> it could be a clone now. Honestly, we don't know if that's the real Emmy Martinez. All right, so <laughs> I was giving you a little bit of rant. My brother's had to deal with this rant for two days now. But so disclaimer, okay. you know, I'm gonna try and keep it PG, guys, because yeah. I like not having the explicit tag on there. But if I mess up, I apologize. This is this is Matt's first official rant of the podcast. He's usually a very reserved, humble human being, but he's had his last straw. Matt, I'm gonna sit back, I'm gonna eat some popcorn, All you right. go ahead. So my I'm I'm not happy with the narrative that's developed in the English media and the the American sub-media in soccer, that Unai Emery got his revenge. I think people got forgot because this is kind of out of continuity. It already happened in the Europa League in May of 21. He knocked them out of the competition and almost went to the final. He had just gotten fired. It was his first job back. This story is already done, and I have to relive it again because Rebecca Lowe and uh, Robbie, Earl. Robbie Earl and whoever that guy, the Man United guy they have on this weekend, and Bleacher Report and... Um, What's his, the the guy from Liverpool and the guy from Man United there on Sky Sports? Carragher and Gary Neville. Gary Neville. They get to have their time to say it now when they should have just said it in continuity. I already got this story from that handsome Thierry Henry and uh, Clint Dempsey. I've already gotten this story. I don't need it again. That's what's driving me nuts. It's like I'm relitigating something that happened a year and a half ago. It's already done. Unai got his revenge. It's The man's just doing his job now. He's just going out there to win soccer games and to win the uh, best... Spanish manager in the EPL, which he is leading. And I will get to that in our stoppage time. I have some questions for you. But I'm just like, I don't like that they have to have a story when the story already happened. You guys are doing a crappy sequel to what already happened. Because that, if you look at it as just a person who likes narrative, the Europa League story was way better than this story. It just was. He gotten fired. He went to a sub-level or average-level Spanish side and went to his old club that were on the up. It was the season they had that uh, the special on Amazon. Yeah. And he took their chance to win a trophy and get into the Champions League. Then they had to go up against Spurs, Newcastle, and Everton to try and salvage it, and they couldn't do it. That was the better story. You guys just didn't get to cover it because it was out of your continuity. I'm sick of it, and I don't want to hear about it again. <laughs> so... Uh... I feel like over the 10 episodes, 11 episodes. Did I get through without cussing, man? Hey, you did. Okay. (laughs) 11 episodes, and uh, I feel like I've changed you a little bit, man, because, you know, I've been complaining about the English media for the last month Mm -hmm. and a half that we've been running this for. Poor Tom has been hearing about it since yesterday. He came home from work, and I was just sitting in my chair with Paco. He's like, you okay? I'm like, no, Tom, I'm not okay. Actually, thanks for asking. (laughs) 
uh, Tom disclaimer is is Matt's yeah, brother. He's who, my brother who who, uh, who watches football but does not actually watch football. I would say he has yeah. minimal knowledge due to well, Matt's providing. He wants to go see some games when uh, we were looking to go a trip to the UK, um, probably in the two years, and he's looking to catch some games. But all right, I got that off my chest. What game are we going to next? So uh, actually, really quickly, my final mm-hmm. thoughts on the game. Okay. Sorry, uh, no, 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 you're good. Uh, I would say it's lean towards a. Des- if if it were up to me as the neutral here, I'd say it lean towards a Villa deserved win because of the performance they had. I mean, if you close up shop after scoring goal, if that's the way you want to play, no. there's nothing wrong with that. And we've I've seen Emery do that before. He's done that as an Arsenal coach. It's one of his tools he has in his toolbox. Yep. He's not as good at it as other managers, but when he can pull it off, he pulls it off. Yeah. Uh, as for Arsenal, I mean, you kind of just have to dust off and move on. I mean, the Night King got another victim. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried for you guys because you know it's just a great performance from Villa. But in terms of that uh, predatory uh, type of clinicalness that we've seen from you guys last season, I need to see it again before I can convince myself that you guys are. And that Luton title. game gave me hope that they could come back. But yeah. just watching Arteta's face in the sands as they panned to him like every five minutes, yeah. the man just looked like so angry. <laughs> so you kind of just asked my stoppage okay. time question. All right, so never we'll, mind. we'll jump into that later. Okay. Into uh, the first game here, guys, of the Saturday slate. Uh, Crystal Palace at home uh, losing to Liverpool 2-1. to one. Uh, Matt, again, one of those performances from Liverpool where – I'm not convinced that they deserve to win necessarily, or it's not the normal Liverpool's mm-hmm. side that we saw. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, they needed a Harvey Elliott 90-plus minute one goal to a, win it. A screamer, too. Yeah, it was a, a, it, it was, it was a goal that you're not accustomed to seeing from Liverpool. You're used to seeing Mo Salah just cut through people like a knife through but, hot yeah. knife through butter and just get the goal in there. But everything kind of changed after the AU... Uh, am I saying the right IU. name? IU. Um, red card. Red card. Yeah. Sorry, it's hard for me, like, when I'm reading names to figure out where to put the right... Um, <laughs> Asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, emphasis on the right syllable. Yeah. But um, the the XG tells a story that Crystal Palace 1.79, Liverpool 1.37. Mm-hmm. Even Klopp admitted they were lucky to get the three points here and go top of the table. I don't. I, I think it is deserved because that what you expect from a team like Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City, and now Villa is to win when the, the odds are against them. Yeah, and I think you said it correctly. With if you're in a title race, if you're not having your best performance, you and you're playing something out, and you're playing at one of the toughest places to play in the Premier League at Palace. So, uh, credit to Liverpool. Disclaimer: it's Top three, right? Yeah, 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 I'd say in my opinion. Uh, well, four because like Anfield, you have to throw in there. It's Villa Park, Newcastle's them and Liverpool. It's in the top four of the hardest sure. places to play. Uh, disclaimer, Mo Salah, 200 uh, goals now. For 200th him. goal. Yeah. Uh, Good for him, man. Yeah, I mean, one of the... He's one, worth every penny. Yeah, one of the Premier League greats. Uh, unfortunate, you know, he he, he uh, left Chelsea, uh, went to Roma, and, and Klopp uh, found a diamond in the dust there. So, uh, credit to Liverpool, credit to Salah. For Palace, you move on. I mean, you're playing one of the best teams in the league, although it was uh, a very good performance from you guys, I'd say. And they needed a good performance yeah. after last week. Especially, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. But I'm glad they were able to grind, like, show what they can do. And that's what a lot of these teams that aren't in the top six have been doing lately, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. That's what's great about the Premier League, man. Mm-hmm. You don't get it anywhere else. Uh, Brighton, at-home draw to Burnley, 1-1. to Matt, what were your thoughts on the So game? I got to watch this game. Mm-hmm. I, this is the one I chose to watch because I get to watch on one program that my colleague here can't. So whenever <laughs> game's on that, I'm stuck with it, even if it's not good. But this game was interesting. Burnley got the goal kind of early. They got it just before the half. And the entire second half, the entire Amex Stadium was sc- 
crying out for a goal. Yeah. You could feel the tension in the grounds. And at the 77th minute, and I'm going to call him Simon because I can't pronounce this gentleman's name. And I don't want to butcher it. Which one was it? Just just yeah. give it a shot, man. Give it a shot. Ad, uh, Adingra. Adingra. Yeah, Adingra. So okay. I butchered his name two episodes ago gotcha. when I called him Akindra. So, oh, okay. And that was off the top of my head. So you're good. And he gave it to him. And he deserved to celebrate. You could feel the ground. Like, if you were in the center of Brighton, like their stadium's about three miles from the center yep. out by the university, you could probably hear it in the center of town day drinking in one of the pubs. It was so loud. Yep. <laughs> or uh, evening drinking for them. As for Burnley, I mean, if you're getting a point away yeah. uh, at the Seagull Stadium, yeah. I feel like that's a point, you know, you'll take. Uh, this is something they should take considering where they're at and they need to even if they which is a point i wish they'd held on for the win yeah but they got to get what they can get what's the name of the burnley uh goal scorer uh he had a great goal uh, off the left flank there odebert odebert yeah he a great goal uh upper 90 top left and it was towards the goalies near post side so i think you're just of... gonna have me try to pronounce all the names now <laughs> just for fun now <laughs> some some questions to be asked in my oh opinion. i wonder if we're going to the next game there's two of them that i'm gonna just gonna i apologize in advance gentlemen but we'll let's see where reese takes us What's your final thoughts on this game, though? Uh, final thoughts uh, for Brent Brighton. Uh, they played a little bit better, I'd say, performance-wise. They just couldn't. They were lacking. In, in the, the first half, they didn't seem like they could do anything, yeah. and then the second half, they settled they, in. They settled in and they went for it. it. Was like kind of watching Arsenal because, like, look, we didn't cover their XG two point nine six. Yeah, they and I think the majority of that was in the second half. They were just pushing. I was doing dishes and stuff and watching this game. And it kept hearing eruptions because it looked like they scored like two yeah. or three times. It's kind of like an Arsenal performance yeah. in a sense where you guys just – where they're so clinical yep. and, and pressuring, almost choking the other team mm-hmm. in a sense to allow a goal. Uh, into the next game here, guys. Old Trafford, Manchester United at home defeat, 3-0. Can they start giving the public – my 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 guy, Irola, some praise, man. Where's yeah. the praise? Where's at? the praise for Irola? I don't hear it. Like I hear a praise for Bournemouth. I don't hear praise from him, and I don't see it on when I look at media. Yeah. I don't hear it in other podcasts, and I try to listen to more podcasts so I can see what other people are saying yeah. since we've been working on this. I haven't had a chance to listen to Gavin Jules or the two Robbies, Nothing. but I haven't heard anything yet. I didn't see much on our coverage in the States. All the all the coverage. Everything was about Ten Hog in crisis. It's yeah. not about this wonderful manager who is punching above his weight and has gotten this team that was relegation fodder. Now, I think they're kind of clear of the zone unless Everton can somehow knock them back into it or something. Ten game, The first ten games, they were winless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes to show... And they the, were a punching bag. Their yeah. goal differential's bad for those first yeah. couple games. Well, you, like we said early as well, when they were in that winless streak, it's like, we see the quality, we just or we see the type of play that Irola's fielding, we just don't know if they have the quality. Now we're seeing the quality that this team, and they're starting to believe in the project... Uh, it's not Robin Hood, the stock prices. It's not uh, Robin Hood, the archer. It's it's not archery, it's archer. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's Solanke. That's all I know. Uh, my, my, my man with the bow and arrow. Uh, gotcha. He is, I know where you're going now, the celebration. <laughs> Got it. I was like, what is he talking about? The, what the? <laughs> I thought you were going to go to a green arrow on the CW ranch or something for a second. I, I want to give more credit to Bournemouth than versus Manchester United uh, hate. But I do want to ask you... Uh, I thought Gary Neville, you know, I don't really like uh, Gary Neville's uh, points of views uh, with what his perspective, I should yeah, say. He's he's uh, kind of a toxic guy. Now, but I did like what he said. He, he tweeted, have you ever seen a manager be win pre, uh, uh, Premier League Manager of the Month and then get sacked shortly after? Now, I don't think Ten Hag should be sacked. I don't think he should be even discussion to be sacked because 
They're battling a lot of uh, deficits. I think he should be in discussion, but I think they should give him a chance if, um, is it Varney and Lissandro Martinez can come back? Because oh, those are the bat- have he, the center backs he had last season. Varane. Varane, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I haven't even seen Mason Mount in any, any United so, shirt since Vietnam. One of my notes was the Harry Maguire got stripped on the fourth goal that got disallowed. That yep. was so beautiful. Like, he didn't even know the ball was gone. Then he ran back. And he looked like, and we play FIFA. Yeah. And like the, the center backs are running back to the net. He looked like that because he just kind of just ran at full speed after the goal had gone in. <laughs> but uh, I, I agree, man. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, Bournemouth, uh, I think they have a lot of momentum. Uh, we'll have to see in the next segment who they're going to be playing. Uh, but I'm very high on, and I will continue to be high on our role until he gets the credit he deserves. Yeah. Solanke's goal was class, the, the flick, first one. Yeah. The third one was just kind of a standard corner goal. Didn't yeah, look like piece. much. But that's the second goal. There were four defenders in a diamond around this player. I couldn't figure out his number to look him up. But then he passed, because all four defenders went at him, he was able to pass it to an open man, and there was another open man, the guy who scored the goal. Billing. Billings. Yeah. And the, the last second, I don't know which defender tried to glob on, he jumped over and kicked the ball right in. It, was a, it wasn't a beauty, but it was a team, amazing team goal. I, I didn't really believe in An Billing. industrial team goal. Yeah. It was great. I, li- I like Billing. Uh, for an attacking player to be so tall, but he's not a striker, he's like almost like an attacking mid in a sense. Mm-hmm. He plays like so front-footed, but... He's kind of like their Havertz. Yeah, he's like 6'4", dude, mm-hmm. and he's just a tree trunk, and there, you're no way you're winning that header over him. Yeah, so And it was... It was or did he kick it in or head it in? I forget. I thought it was a header. Okay, you're know. right. But I was just more amazed with the build how up. it got set up. Yeah. Because the, four players went on to this guy, leaving the other three men wide open. And then the defenders panicked and went in all different directions. It was just like watching kids play at the under eight, eight and under level of the States. Like You just see everyone chasing the ball. It's like a school of fish. That's what it kind of reminded me of. It, but this is a professional team yeah. that cost a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, into the next game here, guys. Uh, Chris Wilder, the Sheffield United Blades, uh, finally get their win at home against Brentford. I, unfortunately, watched some of this game. I regret the waste of time that I watched this game because I think the XG will tell you everything. 0.84 to 0.64. Not really much opportunities on both sides, Mm -hmm. but the goal that ended up going in was an absolute beauty for Matt. Just outside the box, it yeah. was kind of a screamer that was beautifully... It kind of reminded Curler. me of Ozil, curling like yeah. an Ozil goal. It was it was beautiful for McAtee, but huge for, for Chris Wilder because that was the second game in charge after Higginbottom was... Did you have a chance to go back and I couldn't find... Because they, they kind of, on the, the, the ways I watched these, preview, these uh, reviews, yeah. they kind of cut out all the ref controversies. Um, I was hearing... I went and looked in the, the comments on YouTube and went to a um, Brentford like the Reddit yeah. to try and get the opinion. And the Brentford fans are kind of saying that the refing was dodgy. Yeah. It, it, looked, it, that it should have been a draw is what they were saying. Well, for both sides, the refing has been dodgy, but okay. for the Premier League, the refing has been dodgy. So okay. it's like, yeah. I mean, it, but I just wonder if you were able to find anything out of that when you were reviewing this game, because I tried to find it, but I couldn't find it in video form. I had to find it in I didn't watch written the f- form from, I watched maybe the first 45 minutes, maybe a little bit of the second half, but by that point, I kind of switched over to the other games that were okay. on, like the board. Yeah, game. this is one of those games where it's like, it doesn't get the attention it deserves, so I didn't understand, but like, I know Wolves have been really messed over by reference this season, yeah. and I haven't seen any of the call, the controversial calls, but 
For Brentford, though, uh, not a good performance at all. I think Thomas Frank will be very disappointed, uh, not only just to lose to bottom of the league, but in terms of the performance that they put in, which is horrible. So uh, yeah. they need they need Tony back. I don't know why Mbwembo wasn't starting. I don't know if he's injured or had a suspension or something, but uh, yeah, just not a good performance from Brentford. I'll be I'll be asking some questions uh, for them if if they don't pick any points up soon. Uh, for Sheffield, we'll see who they play next when we get to their previews. Yeah, uh, into the next game here, guys. Wolverhampton Wanderers at home draw to Nottingham Forest. Matt, I picked a two-two last week, ended up being one-one. What was your thoughts on the game? So this one, I just was able to watch in previews because it was on at the same time as a lot of other games, yeah. and um, I saw that I'm going to butcher both these poor gentlemen's names. Chuna, Chuna, Cunha, Cunha, Mateus Cunha, yep. Mateus. Okay, um, his is a pretty goal. Yeah. For sure. And I, the one from Harry kind of just looked like they bungled it in. But I'm glad that Forrest is able to get back to something. Yeah. Because I don't know who they'd hire if they have to sack their manager. I know he's kind of the, the hot seat. He's he, on the hot seat. He is on the hot seat. And, and I think uh, Forrest had a decent performance overall. Uh, I don't think they deserved a win. But I felt like a draw was fair based on the type of performance that they right. both put in. If so. they do get rid of him, I think they do need to do what the men and Blazers call bring the Braj back. Yeah. And, Brandon uh, Rogers. Brandon Rogers back. I don't know where he is, but I think he could get something out of this team. I There's... think he. I think he manages Celtic or Rangers, one of the Scottish teams. Back to them. Uh, yeah, I think he manages mm. one of those two teams. Like, but he probably it... went to Celtic because I don't think he is a former Celtic coach. He go back to go to Rangers. Oh, if he was a former Celtic coach, then, then yeah. definitely not Rangers. He would get. Uh, we won't even go yeah, into that. We'll go, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to get into that kettle of fish. <laughs> but my final, I'll do the final thoughts on this one. Yeah. Both teams deserve to win, and both teams deserve to draw. Yeah. That I mean. What it, both teams play, it was like watching the same team play each other, kind of. Exactly. Except for one had one of our patron saints on it. Into the Sunday, Sunday slate. slate. Uh, Everton at home defeating Chelsea 2-0. Matt asked me the question, man. How are you feeling, Reese? Uh, depressed, man. Um, I slept through the first half because uh, it was a 7 a.m. start. I, I didn't mean to ruin your day by texting you, but you started texting me about everything else that was going on, and you neglected this game, and I was watching it. I guess I didn't tell you. Because it was on uh, USA. I, did, I didn't tell you that I was watching this game, but I was oh, watching the game. Okay. Uh, so I was watching the second half. Uh, it was nice to see Caicedo again. Uh, he's been here the whole time, but he, it looks like he had a decent performance of the second half. I think I said there was two types of Chelsea teams. I thought we eliminated the third type of Chelsea team. They're back. Yeah, where we <laughs> dominate for possession. We just can't do anything in the final third, and these two team and the other team just capitalizes. It was much like the Brentford performance. Just Everton just kept turning the screw on you. It was like kind of watched like watching a, um, you know, like when Brighton or Arsenal or Liverpool is just going for the goal. But it was like that's it was, the they just looked like they were just slowly turning turning the screw yeah. on you guys. And that's the thing is I don't think. Everton had a good performance. I think it was more so Chelsea having a terrible performance. Yeah. Uh, because and Chelsea was lucky on defense. That was my notes for the first half. And that's my question. So we would dominate the first, you know, possession wise, and then they would get one. They the second Everton gets possession of the ball, they would launch it up the field, play a, a huge long ball. You don't know where it's going, but then every single time DCL uh, was on the end of it, Decore was on the end of it, and they had some sort of counter attack that they could utilize. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man. If you know that they're going to be playing this long ball type of all, all game, bring the back line back a little bit. Learn to, to uh, maybe have them get into possession, force them to pass around you guys, and you guys play the counterattack. It's felt like Chelsea... When were, you have Mudrick, that's what Arsenal wanted him for, was that strike back. Yeah, and I... Again, for people saying Mudrick is useless, uh, if you watch the last 10 minutes of that game... Any he, man that fast is not useless. Yeah. If you watch the last 10 minutes of that game, Mudrick was the only 
any sort of threatening player that Chelsea had on the pitch. Nothing from Sterling when he came on. The whole right side of the pitch when Reese James came off was useless. Uh, if I was training, I might be working on ball handling oh, and endurance. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about his speed. I would just make sure he could run forever. Yeah, and and you know as well off the ball, but. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, the Chelsea owners are have ruined Chelsea or Poch has ruined Chelsea. It's just because of the, it's a different type of project that they're building than we've seen before, I think is the reason. I don't think it's ruined Chelsea because we don't know what machinations are going on in the background. Mm-hmm. I've heard, like, I don't remember what podcast it was on. It was Two Robbies or um, Gabba Jewels. But they're in trouble with the this the bands that are coming around, and I think that they set themselves up to have talent going forward in case they do get a multi-year or multi-window transfer ban. And they're going to try and get somebody in January who's a striker because they don't know what's going to happen. Because even though we've already discussed this, I think that they are prepared for a famine and they are having a feast right now. They're hyper preparing for the hibernation coming up like well, a bear. Well, I don't. They were building this before this yeah. was even a conversation. It but, was more so. I think what they're doing is they're. But they knew the saw the books before we've seen the books. So I'm thinking yeah. Bully looked at the books and saw that something that he's trying to get it done now. But that's the thing is I don't think Chelsea will be penalized to that extent, really. Um, but I, maybe that's just my personal opinion. But it, to to the game itself, right? I mean, what what people are saying about this, the Chelsea owners ruining the pot project. You have never seen uh, uh, a club invest so heavily into youth before, and the amount of turnover that Chelsea had, they're expecting everything to, you know, work in a snap. And because if you look at it from a baseball point of view, yeah, they're doing everything right in, in a baseball in a point baseball of view. point of view. But this isn't baseball. Yeah, and I think team that's, chemistry matters more than in baseball. Yeah, and I think that's the trouble Chelsea fans are seeing is they have this quote unquote standard that Chelsea have the full game standard exactly, <laughs> and and I don't think that's fair to Bowley or to the team or to Poch. Uh, Poch has not been good over the last couple of weeks, but neither has the team. So. Uh, I if, if I had a message for Chelsea fans, and I know they would want to hear it, they have to accept being patient one way or the other because it's not going to change. They're going to continue to invest in it. And I don't know the financials on you guys, but I know you. the plan is to get back into Europe. Yeah. I don't know if the Europa League will be able to cover the, bill, the, the bills you guys have cashed. I know the goal is the Champions League. Do you know – I mean, you listen to more Chelsea-based media probably than I do. Can they hold out until the end of next season to try and get that Champions League spot? They have the team for it. You yeah. know, we have people returning from loan next no, season. and no, I, I'm not saying – I, no, I agree I that you guys have a great team on paper, and it just needs to gel on the field. You need that major league moment. I'm going to see how many episodes in a row I can get about mentioning major league to co- coalesce the team, bring it together, and go for it. Well, look look at you guys. I mean, you people will say Arteta wanted Arteta out for the first two seasons of his career. I mean, he was he was very uh, on the fence. If he didn't win that FA Cup, we don't know if Arteta's the Arsenal manager mm-hmm. after that. So, um, But, uh, you know, Arsenal, if you win an FA Cup, you get three years. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you guys were patient, and look how that panned out. I feel like Poch, and, and here's the thing. Now, this is not a rant, but we had Graham Potter. They sacked him because the Chelsea fans wanted it. If you sack Poch, who 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 can we bring in? Jurgen Klinsmann doesn't not Jurgen Klinsmann, Jurgen uh, uh, not Jurgen Klopp. Uh, the man, the new manager for for uh, the Germany uh, for Germany. Um, 
former Bayern manager. I can't remember oh. his name. Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. Yeah. He, uh, no, we, why would Jurgen he Lowe's available. <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> but you guys want want some sort of change every single time that something goes wrong, but it's it's not that easy. Right? I can't think of any top-tier manager that would go for the job that can work with the youth. Mm-hmm. Mourinho will not work with this team. Yeah. Um, I think Poch is the best option you have besides a Jurgen Klopp or a Mikel Arteta, and I don't yeah. think you're getting either of those guys. It has to be a project manager, and that's what Poch or Graham Potter are, and fans just can't see that this is a project. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long way for Chelsea. Uh, they will be having moments of highs and definitely moments of lows. I don't so. even mention the score, but Everton won 2 0. Yeah. And and I, uh, Everton had a great uh, performance. Uh, you know they played right the the exact way most teams have played against Chelsea: low block and wait for them to make a mistake. And, and they made a couple of them and they capitalized. Everton's form is crazy right now. Uh, into the next game, a proper London derby. Psych! It was a Fulham throttling five nil against West Ham. Uh, Matt, well, we were totally wrong about this team, man. What were your thoughts on the game? So I'm gonna. I had four stoppage time questions. I'm just gonna ask one of them now. Yeah. What do you think the ceiling is on this Fulham team? Five zero throttling of West Ham. As long as Anthony Robertson's hair is silver, I think the sky is the ceiling, man. Because his hair is so ugly, but it's managed to work ever since he died. Oh, like Ben White's. It's worse, dude. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen it, just just let me I'll know. I'll Google it after yeah. the thing. Because uh, I wasn't does. able to watch this game, I was just getting updates from you, and yeah. I and I. I did what I could to find out about it, but it, like five separate goal scores. Your boy Raul Jimenez got in first, and then your other boy Willian, the greatest Brazilian winger of all time. Uh, no, uh, but for Raul Jimenez, I, I was wrong about him. I guess he's starting to find to hit his form where he's hitting a string of goals in a few games. And if this continues, if it continues for Fulham with the way they're playing, I mean, they could be a mid-table team. You know, I think they're already on mid-table team. I think they're holding in tenth. They they finished last season uh, around that 7th spot, 8th spot, and that was with Mitrovic. So if, if they finish around that same spot without Mitrovic, and in my opinion, not the best summer season, I think that's a successful season for them. Mm-hmm. So. I think anything 10 or up for them is considered successful. For West Ham. Questions to be asked with Fulham, or is you think Fulham is just in too good a form right now? I think Fulham may be like the Cherries or um, Villa, where they're just an in-form team right now. Yeah, and they did, but five zero, man. That I'm not sure questions are being asked, but I think you should be writing them down to save them for later. Maybe like I wouldn't go after Moisey yet. Yeah, he hasn't done anything wrong. You'll have to tell me where they're at the table when we do the table wrap up here in a bit, but. Moyes has these games when he coached Everton too. He, you know, he would do a masterclass one week, and then you just fall apart against an Arsenal where he give he'd ship three zero, yeah. and then he'd come back against a minnow and blow him out four to nothing, four to one or something. So you're not worried for for West Ham. I'm not worried for Moyes because I think success for them because off of the bad, they had a a, a really. I'm gonna say bad, interesting season last year. Yeah. They were fighting relegation and they won a European trophy. At the same time. It may be the lowest of European trophies, but it's still a European no, trophy. It's, it's, it's something that Arsenal fans are jealous of. I mean, I was watching a... That a, Spurs fans should be jealous of. All the London teams except for Chelsea should be jealous of what they accomplished last year. If you if you watched... Uh, and any, then they sold their best player. If you watched any West Ham like people who were at that game, you can tell it meant a lot to them. And I oh, think... it, I could tell it meant a lot from. I saw children getting interviewed by... Um, Arsenal Fan TV went there and they had a, a kid and he was crying. Best team in the best club in the world, he was saying, and and legitimately crying watching at like 
elementary school level watch his team win a European Cup yeah. at Wembley. Just I think crazy. it was at Wembley. Absolute craziness. Um, congrats to West Ham, by the yeah. way. Uh, even though they lost 5-0. Just, uh, you're, we, have, we never touched baseball last season, but that was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Um, next game here, guys. One of the last games of the Sunday slate. Uh, Matt was jumping up around, excited for the first half. Second half hits, and it all changes. Luton at home defeat, uh, 2-1 to City win. City wins 2-1, sorry. Um, In my opinion, it was the Bernardo Silva show. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. he was the man of the match. Because he assisted Grealish, right? Yep, he assisted Grealish, and he also grabbed the goal. Uh, He right now is in in insane form. Uh, And he's like 40, right? No, no, no. You're thinking of David Silva, the oh. guy that built the statue. Oh, no, for. yeah, my bad. <laughs> Bernardo, not Bernardo, my da- bad. David, David's not at the club. No, anymore. my bad. <laughs> uh, but Bernardo, man, um, I, I he never gets the credit that he deserves because he's surrounded by so many insane players. But he is one of the best players in the world. Matt, what were your thoughts on the game? Sad. Yeah. I was hoping Luton would get the draw of the win, take a scout. But <laughs> can't stop Pep sometimes, man. I think. Uh, Luton, uh, I think you still walk away happy if you're a Luton fan. Because, dude, I don't think people understand that they are enjoying being the top of the league. They've never, not top yeah. of the league, but in the Premier League. In the Premier League, they, top They've never life. been here before. Yeah. It's 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 a wonderful you story. You went from being, having one of your rivals be York City in the National League yeah. to being, competing with Arsenal and Manchester City and taking them to their to a limit, not maybe their limit, but you're yeah. making them ask questions and of themselves not, during the game. They're not scoring consolation goals. Mm-hmm. They are getting the lead against you. They're getting the lead against City, where they can actually celebrate and go to the corner mm-hmm. flag and celebrate with their fans. And that's these something, are moments that yeah. for a team like Luton will stick with them for years. Like I remember when I went to York, just because a similar team, they were in a similar place about five years ago. Yeah. The York fans were telling me about how they beat my Arsenal and how they giant killed Man United. You know, these are memories that are going to live with those fans. And yep. I'm glad they're building them and they're just not getting their butts handed to them week in and week out. And I'm glad that they're, you know, punching people in the face. And they maybe get punched back two times or three times, but they're they're That's, not going out without a fight. I think you take the result. Like you said, the goal difference is going to be huge in the relegation battle. I'm, I'm the ordering the a Luton hat. <laughs> <laughs> Into the last game of the Sunday slate. Uh, an absolute throttling, uh, outstanding performance. Tottenham Hotspur. Ooh, I thought we were going to wait till after break for this, but let's do it. <laughs> You're going to have to give me a lot of the information because we were recording for the second half and yeah. I only watched the first half. I got you. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur defeating Newcastle United 4-1. to one. Uh, Newcastle actually ended up scoring a consolation goal towards the end. <sighs> And um, Matt, just based off the scoreline alone, uh, what would you say the XG was off the off the top of your head? Do you think so? It just was... off the first half, I think Newcastle would be at like 0. 0.8, mm-hmm. and um, Tottenham would probably be somewhere like in the three to f- or four to five. I'll, I'll... yeah. I'll not leave myself you're, out You're right on the money because after the first half, you know, uh, Newcastle ended up having, at the end of the game, I should say, Newcastle ended up having 1.61, but that was mainly due to that goal. So pretty much around what you predicted with the 0.8. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Tottenham, 4.4 XG. They deserve the goals they got. They deserve the win. Uh, after watching it, um, I think Bostokoglu's just got to be so proud of this group with being without so they many They needed to get a win. Yeah. And like I saw in your pre-show, I think the – the beings above us every day that I'm not a Tottenham fan. Sorry, Tom Holland. I respect you, but they needed this win, and they were not doing great. Five, 
five games with one point, right? Yep. yep. Uh, How many did Rich Arlison end up scoring? Did he get a hat trick? No, no, no. Rich Arlison just got the brace. brace. Okay. And then Hugh Ming's son in the 80th minute had 86 minute. Did had, he get a brace too? No, no, no. He just oh, had the penalty the okay. and the assist to Udogi that first goal okay. that we saw. Um, for Newcastle, losing 3 0 to Everton midweek and then now losing 4 1 to Spurs. To Spurs. Do you think questions should be asked about Eddie Howe, or do you think they're just still no. very injured? I'm going to say no because I know they're very injured. And I, I, I hate this excuse, but I think their project is above schedule after what happened last year, and they weren't ready for Champions League yet because they are still trying to play within the financial fair play, and that was a big jump for them. They don't have the squad depth. They don't that. have the squad depth for yeah. it. And they're, they are in the group of death in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They're facing Borussia Dortmund, PSG, and who's the third team? AC Milan. AC Milan. <laughs> Christian Pulisic's AC Milan. Don't disrespect Rafael Leao like that. Bad. I'm just player. praising Captain America, okay? <laughs> um, for me... Uh, this is going to be a hot take, so I apologize for right. my third co-host, Paco, for what I'm about to say. I got his ears covered. <laughs> Preseason, I was telling my Arsenal friend, I was like, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that Eddie Howe is not going to be the manager to bring Newcastle back to the top of the echelon of the Premier League. He got third place with them last season. Uh, it was one of the greatest Newcastle seasons in a long time. But when you're jumping into a Champions League season... Which he's never played Champions League before. Never right? played. He's been in relegation battles most of his career. Um, I th- I was worried about Eddie Howe uh, because of the um, the the added games that they would have to now play, and now he's starting to uh, feel the pressure of now going two back to back defeats mid table not mid table uh, mid below average performances in the Champions League. Uh, I don't think his job is in jeopardy, but I just. I hate to say, here's the hot take, guys. I don't think he is a top quality manager, uh, and I think when uh, Newcastle are in the Champions League for you know if they make the Champions League next season, I don't think Eddie Howe should be the guy. Uh, I really don't. I was gonna say he should make it to the end of the season, and they should start interviewing people in May. They need to find an actual top four type of manager. You know, there's a gentleman in the Midlands who is very punching above his weight. What's his name? Oh, the Night King, Unai Emery. <laughs> I don't know if Villa wants to let him go at the moment. They'd have to pay a pretty hefty yeah, fee. Yeah, but can, okay. I think they can afford it. But let me say, so my opinion on Eddie Howell is Eddie Howell is a 6th through 12th place manager in the Premier League. He is a good manager who punched above his weight because he got a lot of talent last year that Took him up. He was able to take some of the players that were already there and repurpose them. There's like a midfielder who used to be a striker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they did what people talked about using for Harry Kane for a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Eddie Howe, like you said, is the guy to keep you in that top tier, to get you that top tier. Because he can get up there every now and then when other teams fall away. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, I mean, last year it was just Arsenal versus Man City for the top spot. And then Newcastle was like that little, little yeah. They little were in that horse. little island, yeah. you know, there. And then everyone else is just like trying for fourth and fifth and sixth and just trying to get money in the Europe. In Europe, yeah. now I'm sure we'll get. And a this is the opposite now, where Liverpool's back, and you know some other teams are punching above their weight, like Villa. And I think uh, if you're asking, if New, Newcastle fans are probably listening to this and immediately say, "How could you say that after what Eddie Howe has done for the club?" I mean, it's nothing. Wrong. Eddie Howe has done absolutely everything right so far for Newcastle. 
I just don't think he is the guy to get them over the hump to start challenging for titles or to even remain in a top four race. Now, they are missing quality. Uh, Botman has still not shown up for Newcastle. He's been injured all season. Tenali's suspended all year. so But they're I'm, not the only team facing an injury crisis. Right, Arsenal, right. Villa, and... Um, but the, you got to remember, they don't have the squad depth that you yeah. guys or new, or even Villa have, in my opinion. I think Villa have an underrated squad depth. So um, I'm not worried for Eddie Howe. I'm not saying anything like that. I just think, in my opinion, as of right now, from what I've seen over the last season from Newcastle, if they get into the top four again, I think at that point you may need to start looking for the top dog. We are going to take a quick break here, guys. Uh, We will be right back with you for our preview section. All right, guys. We are back with the preview section, Reese. Let's hit hit the table. Where are we at? Uh, Quick table uh, 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 review with you guys. Uh, Still at the bottom of the league uh, in 20th, Sheffield United with eight points. Tied with them at bottom of the league is going to be Burnley uh, with eight points. So that win was actually pretty big for Sheffield. Uh, Luton Town in the 18th spot with nine points. Four points behind Everton in 17. So right now, I mean, unless uh, some teams like Nottingham Forest or Bournemouth or one of those types of teams. Will be, I, I, think I don't Bournemouth, either. I think Bournemouth and um, I'm just saying, Everton like, are moving up. I'm just saying I don't see them getting out of this relegation spot anytime soon. And that's all three teams that came up from the championship, like, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Well, I can still pray. Tough, tough sledding. Uh, into the top four, Manchester City with 33 points. Uh, third place, Aston Villa with 35 points, second place, Arsenal with 36 points, and in first place after the match week is Liverpool with 37 points. So a very close title race, Mm -hmm. uh, something we'll be tracking to the end of the season. Matt, let's jump into our previews for next week. All right, so first up we have a Friday game, Spurs at Forest. Ooh, after that, uh, yeah. the craziness that just happened. Where, where you at? I'm gonna. I, I wrote down one zero Spurs, but I'm gonna change my official. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say three zero Spurs. Three zero Spurs. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair result uh, because for Forest, uh, again, we haven't seen the best of Forest recently. Uh, lots of questions being asked with Cooper. Um, but I agree. I'm going to go with a 3-0 Spurs win. All right, we're back. We're shaking hands on this one. <laughs> All right, so now into the Saturday. We have Luton at Bournemouth. So before the Bournemouth score, I wrote question marks. I'll ask Reese what he thinks. But after watching them take apart Man United, I'm going 2-0 to the Cherries, to your Cherry Prince. I think Luton get a goal, uh, but I think Irola is the top dog. Who's the home to- home, home side? That's Luton at Bournemouth. It's Bournemouth. Bournemouth. They're okay. going to the south coast okay. from the London sub sub suburbs. I agree. <laughs> uh, the the Cherry Prince wins again, uh, but I do think Luton get a goal. I'm gonna go with a three one. Okay. Bournemouth win. All right. You got some respect for my Hatters. Yes, sir. All right. Next up, we got Sheffield visiting your Chelsea at the Bridge. Man, uh, of course, when Chelsea are at their worst, uh, bottom of the league, Sheffield gets a win. Uh, so, I mean... Oh, you're predicting Sheffield gets the win? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I think Chelsea will win this game. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I'm going to go with a 1-0, uh, very unconvincing Chelsea win. I'm going for a 1-1. Chelsea gets an early lead and messes Sheffield. something up at 80th minute, and Sheffield gets a goal. Not not surprising if that happens. <laughs> What's the next game for us, Matt? Or reverse it. Somebody gets... Locks it up, and then the other one bungles it in at the 85th minute. Um, Palace go to Manchester City to the library, to the at the ad. 
Hey, I mean, when Roy Hodgson plays those big sides, man, he shows up. Um, well, this is this is away in the in the frozen north of Manchester in the winter. I think we forgot to mention that Holland was out in the last oh, segment. Yeah. Uh, if he is back, I think that will play the 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 big portion the big uh, the big portion of the game. Uh, I'm gonna go with a one nil win to City. Mm-hmm. I think it'll. Be I got close. three nil to the City. You think it's dominant? Yeah, okay. I think it's gonna be dominant. I think Roy used up his rocket fuel. I gotcha. What's the next game? Uh, Fulham at Newcastle. Ooh, not a good time to be playing mm-hmm. Fulham, and a, not a good time for Newcastle. Uh, if 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 Fulham keep playing the way they're playing, I don't see how this isn't a Fulham result, and with the way Newcastle have been. But I'm going to give respect to Newcastle. I'm going to go with a two-two draw. So my original. This is Friday, right after work. Um, I did one-one Fulham Newcastle. I think after cool. watching Fulham. This weekend, Decimate. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two one to the Fulham. Gotcha. You're convinced of that run. I'm. Uh, they got me believing, but they are going away, and I want to see somebody take something from that. St. James Park from yeah. St. James Park. I gotcha. It's more hope in my heart. I do agree with you that the most realistic is a draw of some kind. Don't know if it'll be one 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 two one yeah. four four or two you know two two. I have no clue, but and hoping that Fulham can get a point up there, or get three points up there. I gotcha. Next, we have Everton going to Burnley. Uh, Deitch uh, back home. Mm-hmm. The he, turf more. Yeah, and he. I imagine him like looking like a wrestling heel coming out of his coat, like putting his hands up to the stands and, and expecting them to cheer him. And Ever- then a serenade of booze will rain down on him. Everton is the informed side right now. Uh, one of the most informed teams in the Premier League. Uh, for me, I can only see this going way with, one way with Deitch heading back home. Uh, that's crazy. I'm gonna go with a one nil win for Everton. So yes, can this is a this is an audio medium. I put up my three fingers and a zero. <laughs> I'm picking three zero to Everton. I don't think that's unfair at all. I mean, with the way they've been playing, we could definitely see that happen. And they have a not great record at their home ground, Burnley. And I yeah. think that Sean Dyche know well. He doesn't know them because they've completely changed since he left. Yeah, it's totally different knows type the, of style. Of but he knows the the ground. He knows the ground. He knows the fans. He knows how to shut them up and how to make them cheer. I agree. What's the next game for us? Man? All right, so now we're moving into Sunday. That's it for the Saturday games. Okay. First up, we have Wolves at West Ham. Hmm. I actually think that'll be a, a pretty good game. Um, West Ham obviously got destroyed uh, last yeah. week. I do think they get back on the winning track over Wolves. You said West Ham's a home team? Yep, West Ham's a home team. I'm going to go with... At the London Stadium. Gotcha. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to West Ham. I think Wolves nick a goal, but I think West Ham get back on the track. I got one nil nil to the Wolves. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, next up we have Villa going to Brentford. Okay. Uh, Brentford is a W. Brentford's also a very tough place to play, uh, the B Stadium. Um, If Mbwemo's back, I... I can see uh, Brentford getting a result, uh, but I think with the form that Villa are in, I don't think it'll be pretty because they've been on such a high. I feel like it's going to be a 1-0. 1-0 one nil to Villa is what I got, too. I'm hoping for a 1-0 to the Brentford, but we'll yeah, see. As an Arsenal fan, I got yeah. you. I got you. Well, the, the bees have sung us. See, as a Chelsea are. fan, though, we're right right around the same spot yeah. as Brentford, so I need my villains yeah. to, I got you. <laughs> to catch up. No, and and it, 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 some of these games, our personal biases are going to leak in. Uh, I, I can't, you know. But I still, on paper, you put pen to paper, you put a, you know, put me at Vegas and say, you know, your mom's going to push down the stairs unless you pick the winner. I'm going for <laughs> Um And next up, we have Brighton going to Arsenal. That's funny, man. Oh, that was good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this could be a good game. Uh, when Brighton are up for it, they're a very tough team to play against. Uh, but Brighton haven't been up for it, I'd say, over the last couple months. The Europa League's been sapping them. Yeah, it's kind of like they how... Both, and they have to go away on Thursday, <laughs> and then they turn around Sunday, and Arsenal get to play on Wednesday, I think, in a game that doesn't matter. Yeah, so I think uh, for Brighton, uh, I don't see them getting a result, so I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Arsenal. I think Deserby's going to try. That's why I'm going 3-2 or three two to Brighton. I think that they're going to... Or 3-2 to Arsenal, I'm sorry. I was going to say, Arsenal, Arsenal, picking against your bad. own team? I hardly do that. Sorry, 3-2 <laughs> to Arsenal, my bad. I'm I trying to you. read, and apparently I can't read. Um, next up, we have Man United. United visiting Anfield to the theater of their nightmares from last season at Liverpool. Uh, worst time to be playing Liverpool. Uh, best time to be playing Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United are going to be without uh, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, yeah, he had too many yellows now, so he is suspended for that game, which is complete idiocrity. Uh, if you're the Man United captain, you kind of have to be there for these big games. Um, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. What did you pick, though? <laughs> so, I if Ten Hag, because I need to see, I want to see Rashford in a striker position, and I want Garnacho and Anthony on the wings. If I see that, I can see them scoring the goal. But if it doesn't happen, I'm going to go with a 2-0 uh, Liverpool win. 2-0 after last season? I'm going 8-0. Okay. 8-0 to Liverpool. They're going to make Liverpool Manchester United hurt. That's just crazy. But they did 7-1 last time. Or is it 7-0? 7-1, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. 7-0. You're right. Yeah. You, you think it's back to? You think they're going to score 15 goals in two games against them? Okay. Okay. Oh, they, they proper hate each other, man. This Liverpool will be, wants to just put the nail in Ten Hog's coffin. This will be um, our big review, I'd say, for next week because it is the biggest game of the weekend. Even if it's a blowout. Oh, we'll be reviewing it either yeah. way. Um, but um, I, From this list so far, because that's the last game of the weekend, I don't see any other game that should go first unless something crazy happens like for sure. Arsenal Brighton go for 7-6 or something. Yeah. Uh I agree man. It, I think Liverpool win. Uh we could see a decimation. 8-0 is just so many goals, right? <laughs> so many goals. Sorry man United fans. I just wanted to give you a little poke since a lot of you are on message boards calling my team shit to try and distract from your team. <laughs> Is there any games left after That's that? That's it. Okay. Do you want to take a little quick break and go stoppage? Yes, sir. All right, guys. We are back with stoppage time. So we, I got two and Reese has got one. I'm going to go first. So the Spanish manager table is kind of developing. At the bottom is your boy, Ariola, since they played each other one time each with one point. Okay. He got the draw over Unai and lost to Arteta and Pep. Okay. Then Pep has three points. He got the win over Ariola and he lost to Arteta and Emery. Arteta's got six points out of a possible nine. And Emery has drawn and won, won and won two with a seven points, keeping him up there at the top. Is your question... Who Who's going to be the Spanish manager supreme when they play each other the next three games? And this is specifically for Spain versus Spain managerial. The right? four Spanish managers. I'm not including Portuguese. I'm not including Phil Iberian. We're not even... Are we... In, uh, never mind. Okay, I got you. Like, and um, Pochettino is Argentinian, even yeah. though he's spent most of his life in Spain. I'm, he's Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, he's sure. from Rosario area. I'm counting him as a South American manager. As he is. As he is. 
if you were to ask me who ends out on top in particular with the Spain versus Spain performance, because they each got three games against each other again, they got one more round to go. I think it'll end up being a good evening. Uh, I think the good good evening returns, and I think he at least gets a the draw. Basque King of the Night will win. I think he at least gets a draw the next time between either you or City, and I think he loses one of those games. And I think he defeats Irola. I don't know if he spot. plays Irola or Homer away if he plays Bournemouth, but he plays both of his games away against I, Arsenal and Pat. Arsenal I think, and City. I think the villain's play style is just so much uh, different versus Bournemouth's, and I think the way Villa play is just not a good So if he picks up system. the three points against Arola, loses to one of the two top guys, and, and then draw. gets a draw, so then that, that'll give him 10 so, points and he takes it? I think he takes it. Okay. And then I think... Or 11 points. And then you said Pep is on six? Pep is on three. three. He's lost to Emery and Arteta. He only gets the Bournemouth Okay, three. cool. So even if he wins out, he ends with nine. Yeah, my prediction's perfect then. My no, he ends up with 12. Because if he beats Arsenal, beats Villa, and beats Bournemouth, he gets three, oh, six, right. nine. Right. So he'd end up with 12. Wait. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. I got you. No, you're good. <laughs> it's a weird question. I just am fascinated that there's the, the most managers of anything but English is Spain. Is Spain. Yep. And crazy. at the top three, four, three of them are Spanish. And then one of the informed teams is Bournemouth, and he's he's still in there too. I got to see. Where's, uh, now that we're talking about this, just just completely disclaimered, uh, totally not. I want to see where Thomas Frank is from. Okay, he's from Dane. He, he's Danish. So I, I yeah. went through the managers. Because okay, cool, cool. like, I thought the Villa manager was Spanish, but he's Portuguese. And yeah. I know Poch has a very large part of his life in Spain, but I know he's Argentinian. So I went through everyone. I couldn't find another Spanish manager. Those gotcha. two would have been the ones he might have counted. Now, but... into my stoppage question. Okay. Back at me. Yes, sir. So, last week, not this past weekend, we are currently previewing, reviewing that we do. You mean the one from last weekend, not the midweek? Why, or not why, do you think Arteta was deserved to be suspended for celebrating the goal the way he did? No, because that ground is so tight. If you move, you look like you're going out, off, out of the zone. The, the, you take the, one step, you're in the middle of the yeah, field. <laughs> yeah. And so, but what, so I'm going to kind of piggyback on this. He hasn't gotten his punishment yet from the Newcastle comments. So Zerby's already been punished, gotten his punishment. I don't know what it is, but I've heard on the Arsenal vision that he's gotten his. Yeah. And Arsenal fans, there's a narrative starting that the league is against us. The league is against everybody. Yeah, I think the league, the league is against everybody except for Liverpool. <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying, the but hey, probably hell. If I was a Liverpool fan, maybe I could make the case the league's against me too. So I don't know. Do you have like a hard stand, yes or no answer? If he deserves a suspension just based off that celebration last week, and I don't think guy? he deserved the suspension. I think they should have said what his what's going to happen to him for those the, the inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, and just keeping us guessing because I am worried that he's going to get a match ban for away at Liverpool. And basically, so we've we played City at home and we played Villa and Liverpool. We're going to play Villa. We played Villa away already, and we're playing Liverpool next away. Of the top, the teams competing with us for a title. If both away games, if he's suspended so far, that's going to hurt because then he can't be there to tactically help. But he's still got to give an interview after the game because he's still at the ground. you got to have that angry face on the entire time looking like he's miserable, even though the guy shouldn't be. Quick, quick beautiful dis- family, beautiful life. Quick disclaimer, guys. Uh, Matt is referring to the Newcastle comments when Newcastle Such played a Arsenal a few weeks ago. Um, and then I'm asking our, uh, Matt about the yeah. uh, Arteta. Sorry, and I'm mid-week. conflating the two. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, when Luton played Arsenal midweek just this past week, 
uh, because there was a uh, was it when you guys won or was it the goal, it was the, the, the Declan Rice goal that Arteta, he Arteta jumped celebra- onto the field basically yeah. Arteta celebrated in a certain way. I personally did not think it was worth a suspension. To be honest, I, I didn't think even, fine. I didn't even know it was a suspension until I saw him pissed off in the stands. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. You mean that death glare? Yeah. The poor guy sitting next to him is like trying to like tell. Like, he's trying to communicate his thoughts to the guys on the pitch. You know, Teddy just looks like he's burning a hole through the center. I can't. I can't imagine what the the dressing room looked like uh, after the game. Because we've seen him on uh, what's that this show? I've been referencing twice. All now. or nothing. All or nothing. I want to say double or nothing. But I know I'm wrong. Yeah. Like him throwing tables over and like screaming touching, like, the to the point thing. where his voice goes out. He's like you know? slamming like the little laundry yeah. bin that they mm-hmm. have. Like, did he go down there and just like erupt on them? Like, did he punch a hole in a in a wood, or did he do a Roy Kent lift a bench off the ground? The poor cleaning staff of Luton went in oh, there yeah. and they just sucked. No, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about what happened to him at because he got to go down to the locker room halftime and after the Villa loss. That's, that's what, what I meant. Sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, the Villa, like if the Villa staff room going back there and they're like, "Gosh, damn, you guys are not even to the fucking standard." <laughs> Matt, what is that last stoppage time question? So you, we both picked our relegation teams, and your team looks like they're going to survive. Where do you think the ceiling is for the Cherries now they've taken the scalp of Manchester United and paraded them around the ground of Old Trafford? (laughs) See, I was under, I I thought... I thought there was going to be a relegation scrap for both our teams, but now my team, Luton, has a hard... Hard. It's hard to get out for them because I think you guys are going to survive. I got to double check and see. I know we just talked about where they were and where the table was, but I didn't specifically see where Bournemouth. I think they're sixteenth or seventeenth. So they're actually in fourteenth now. Ooh, yeah, even better. They are tied on points with Chelsea uh, for eleventh place. Ooh. God, so do you want your your Blues to finish above your Cherries? Of course, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know, man, because, like, after watching Fulham over the past week, like, what's the ceiling for Fulham? And that actually Bournem- was the original question, but I changed it to the Cherries because I know that you 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 picked them as your relegation squad this yeah. year. And Bournemouth has, has been on flying form over the past month, month and a half now as well. I just don't know when, the, when like you said, with Roy Hodgson's side, when the fuel is going to run out of, of confidence and form that they've been in. Well, they also have a... A good player coming back with uh, McKinney that could be back after the winter break. Tyler Adams? Or sorry, was Tyler? Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Adams, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the ceiling um, is around wherever Fulham finishes. How about that? Because okay. I think they are... Because they're 10th right now. Yeah, I think they're both close in terms of quality. Um, personally, I had Fulham as one of my relegation teams, but after watching them score at least three consecutive goals for four games now... Which is crazy uh, from a big six side, let alone a team that is in mid table. So, um, I think the the floor is seventeen or sixteenth. So I think, staying up. Yeah, and I think the ceiling is, is ninth or eleventh. I was gonna say twelfth, okay. but eleventh. Yeah, same thing. So, so following up on that, refresh my memory. They sacked the manager who went to Wolves, the Cherries, right? Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, and then they brought in the Spanish Cherry Prince Iroel. Do you think that has benefited both teams? For sure. Um, I was completely wrong about Gary O'Neill being brought in as the Wolves manager. Uh, but what he's done since he's been there, he's been uh, fantastic. And I think it's due, you know. And losing his best player. And last last season, not having the same type of quality in his group to going to a team with more quality in Wolves. I mean, I think that's the, the sort of thing with these types of managers and relegation battles is if you were I to put. I think both these guys are going to stay clear of it though, right? Yeah, I, for sure. And what I'm saying is, is like. 
we don't give enough, like, for example, Eddie Howe is a relegation manager, and he gets this opportunity at Newcastle, and look what he's done. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm at, like, the point where I'm like, dude, what if these, like, relegation battle team, like, managers, they get this opportunity, and they're much better than we expect them to well, be. Well, these relegation managers aren't Sam Allardyce anymore, or, and I, I'm trying to think, it's not really Hodgson. What's that guy that was at West Brom, and he was always coming into relegation teams like Sam Allardyce? Isn't that who it is? There's another guy. I'll I'll bring him up next week. It's not one of these guys who parachutes. Tony Poulos. It's not one of these guys who parachutes into a battle team and just barely makes them survive, and then they get sacked, you know, next season. Um, These relegation managers are earning their respect. They're good managers from other leagues and good managers from lower leagues that are getting the opportunity because they've shown they can do something. So uh, I guess this will lead to my stop. I have a stoppage time question for next week, so okay. we'll write it down. But, yeah, I, I'll ask you now so you can think about it next week. Okay. Do you think there should be more relegation managers considered for more top-priority jobs? Uh, so just I already think have about- my answer, but I will I will do it next week. Cool. Uh, Matt, another great episode. Uh, yes, sir. Technically 11 episodes, but we're calling this our 10th Premier League uh, episode. We appreciate you guys listening uh, for our first month, almost two months now. Uh, Matt, go ahead and close us out, my friend. All right, live long and watch some football, lads. Thanks for coming.